0: This morning, Uh, I want to go straight into a scripture, John 1, verse 12. Uh, So this is what it says, To all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. When Jesus Christ, the unique Son of God, walked on this earth, his closest friend here on earth was a man whose name was John. And John wrote his gospel, a biography of Jesus, talking about Jesus' life. On earth, and this uh, little section is a tiny part of that whole story. And there are two points that I want to make as we look at this bit of the Bible. The first is that John mentions about receiving Him. Uh, Here, John is talking about receiving Jesus, he's talking about believing in the name of Jesus. Exactly what Lynn has expressed this morning. You may remember Calvin said to Lynn, Do you want to receive? Jesus into your life. Do you want to believe in him? And so here John's talking about that. He's talking about believing and receiving Jesus. The second point is about becoming the children of God. And so we're going to briefly, on a whistle-stop tour through this one verse, uh, look at these, these points one by one. I believe that these points have great relevance to what we've already experienced, what we've already heard this morning as we've dedicated James and as we've baptised Lynn. So let's first of all look at this phrase, all who received him, all who believed in his name. This is about salvation. This is about being saved. This is about being sure of our eternal destiny. This is about knowing for sure that when we die, we will go to heaven. And what we have here is a very interesting paradox because we have... A universal opportunity and a narrow way, all at the same time. Firstly, the universal opportunity to all, to all, to everyone. The opportunity exists for everyone. Now at the time that John was writing this, salvation was believed to be offered only to specific and particular groups of people. So, for example, in the world of the Greeks, salvation came through philosophy. It was for the intelligent person who could understand and unravel the mysteries of this world and the mysteries of the universe. In the world that existed at that time, there was a world of cults. And salvation occurred for people who were initiated into a particular cult. That was what was believed Uh, By that group of people at that time. Now, for the Jews, for the Jewish people, for the people of Israel, salvation was about being born into the nation that happened to be the chosen people of God. But here, so a very specific, very particular group people were the ones who would receive salvation, according to the thinking and the mindset and the cultural practice of the time that John was writing. But here we read something very different. We read that this offer of salvation is open to everyone. There is universal opportunity. But but at the same time, there is a narrow way. Because this passage goes on to say, is for everyone who, like Lynn, has received Jesus. This supernatural certainty about eternal life is available for everyone who believes in Jesus. It's not about some initiation. It's not about being born in the right nation. It's not about understanding a variety of important intellectual truths or intellectual ideas, there's no restriction. Anyone can come, but anyone who comes needs to understand that they come on the basis that Jesus is at the very centre of the issue of salvation and the offer of salvation. And over and over again in the Bible, we see different people coming to Jesus. A blind man whose name was Bartimaeus, he knows that if he can just get to Jesus his life will be transformed. And he reaches out to Jesus and Jesus heals him of his blindness. A tax collector called Zacchaeus knows, if only I can meet with Jesus, he will change my life. And he has a meeting with Jesus and the whole thing changes for Zacchaeus. The writer of this biography, this man called John, when he meets with Jesus, he is so overwhelmed by the person of Jesus that he leaves everything, And he follows Jesus. In some cases, people will bring others to Jesus. And last week, Helen spoke about four friends who brought their paralyzed friend to Jesus. They knew if only they can get their friend to Jesus, if they can just get that friend close to Jesus, that will make all the difference. There's a man in the Bible called Andrew. And Andrew meets Jesus, and he's amazed by Jesus. And he thinks to himself, as he meets Jesus, he has in his mind his brother, Peter. And he thinks to himself, if only I can get Peter face to face with Jesus, it'll change everything. If I can just get Peter and Jesus in the same place at the same time, it will change everything. And of course, that's what happens when Peter becomes this great father and disciple of Jesus man called Jairus who has a daughter who's dying. And he thinks to himself, if only I can get my daughter close to Jesus, it'll make all the difference. It'll make all the difference. And so the Bible is full of people who sought out Jesus. And the Bible is full of people who decided they would take others to meet with Jesus. So I'm done with me. But, on the back of my first point, I'd like to speak to two categories of people. In fact, there are only two categories of people who exist on our planet, and those are the two categories I want to speak to. Those who know God, and those who don't. So let's close our eyes, just for a moment. So as we have our eyes closed right now, I just first of all want to speak to people who don't. Jesus, If you're here today and you're not sure of your faith, if you're not sure that when you die, you will go to heaven, can I say to you that before leaving this building, you have an opportunity to be absolutely sure that you are safe for eternity. You can be like Lynn, you can be sure your salvation. Jesus Christ, death on the cross, paid the price for all the things you've done wrong. As you receive Jesus, as you believe in his name, the barrier between your imperfection and God's perfection is removed. You come into a full and complete and eternal relationship with God. As you turn away from sin and recognize and trust Jesus as Savior and Lord, are safe, this will not only provide security for heaven, it will transform your life on earth. So we have our eyes closed just for a moment. If you're not sure of your faith, but you want to be, that's what I'm talking to. I'm talking to people who are not sure of your faith, but you want to be. If you want today to... You weigh yourself just to raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. I want to pray with that man at the end of the meeting and give opportunity for him to come to Jesus. Last week we had the same wonderful opportunity as a young man came to Christ and committed his life to Jesus. So we're going to give opportunity for. And there may be others. One person immediately put their hand up. They knew that God was speaking to them. But there may be others in the room. And the prayer team will be available. And they'd love to pray for you and pray with you. So I want to encourage that person, but others as well. Come forward. The prayer team will pray for you. I'll come and join the prayer team. And we'd love to pray for you and with you. Thank you. Let's open our eyes. I'd now like to address the second category of people that exist on this planet. Those of us who already have a relationship with God, and as we think of Andrew who brings Peter, as we think of those friends that Helen spoke about bringing their paralyzed friend, lowering lowering him through the the roof. One of my favourite lines from Helen last week was, "Whatever type of roof it was, it wasn't the door." I thought that was great. Um, And uh, as we think of the commitment that Vaughan and Rachel have made, to uh, and, and as we as a church have made to give every opportunity that, for James to find Jesus, to meet with Jesus, to know Jesus. With these things in mind, I'd now like us to think about uh, a friend that each of us, people who have a relationship with God, if we're here today, we have a relationship with God, if we are a Christian, who's the friend that we want to bring to Jesus? Because surely, our greatest desire for our friends, is that they know Jesus. The greatest thing that can happen for them is that they are put close to Jesus. Who has the his personality and character and ability and love and grace and compassion and authority has the ability to completely and utterly transform their lives. You know, I'm so excited about the Alpha Course are going to run in the new year in January. We're going to relaunch it in January. For those who don't know, what Alpha is. It's a, it's a course discussing Christianity, looking at some of the big questions about faith. Lynn made reference to it being helpful for her and answering the questions that she had about God and, and faith and church and life in general. Uh, and so, so Alpha's going to start in the new year. And as time goes on, I'm going to be working with Alpha team and others and, and, sh- and sharing with all of us how that's going to look. Uh, as we go into the new year, but in the meantime, I would love for every single one of us to think of a friend who we would like to invite on that new year Alpha course. Today, today, let's decide together to invite that friend on Alpha sometime between now and January. And as we prayerfully do that, should we do that? Who's up for that? A few nods. Should we do that? Because surely we want to give them an opportunity, don't we, to meet with Jesus? That's the, that's the most precious thing we can do for our friends, is to give them an opportunity to meet with Jesus. And so, let's commit ourselves, think, right, who's that person? Who's that person? But sometime between now and January, I'm going to prayerfully do that I believe God will be powerfully at work in many, many people's hearts it says you see that everyone who believes in the name of Jesus will be saved it also says all everyone who believes in Jesus all who receive him will be saved and it's not possible for you and I to think of a person, a friend, contact, member of our family, we are not able to think of someone who is outside that category. The category of everyone. Do you get it? It's pretty obvious, I know, but all that Jesus is and all that Jesus has is for all who come. If you have someone immediately in your mind to invite that person on an Alpha course between now and January, then in the quietness of this moment, let's close our eyes and let's pray. Let's just picture in our minds' eye that person before Jesus, and I just like to lead us in prayer. Father, we have. Spirit. And so we ask that you would open doors of opportunities for us, that you would grant us courage and sensitivity to invite people. And the Lord, that many, many would open the door of their heart in order that you might come in, that they truly might receive you and believe in your name. We ask it for your glory, for your kingdom. Second point is this as we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we are given the right, it says, to become the children of God. It's just a quick story about parenting and children from a parent who's been a parent now for 14 years. Uh, One or two of you heard this story, but here's a little bit of advice for you about fatherhood, you know, a bit of advice for the dads here. Um, My son, Reuben, uh, recently who's 13 years old, said, Dad, can I go out with my friends? after school for the very first time, uh, Helen and I agreed that he could. I've I've been given permission by Reuben, by the way, to tell this story. Um, So he went out with his friends after school. He said, as long as you're home, by six. So uh, time was going on. and So I texted Reuben and didn't get a reply. I texted him again and didn't get a reply and texted him again. I didn't get a reply. I texted him again and didn't get a reply. I texted him again and didn't get a reply. So I rang him and he didn't answer. So I rang him again and he. He then texted me back and said, oh, sorry, Dad, I'm in, and he, he was in a place which we'd already agreed he wouldn't go to, right? So it was going well, It was going well. So then I thought, well, I'm going to drive to that place and pick him up. So as I'm driving there, the phone rings. So I stop, of course, because I'm legal, and I answer the phone, and it's Ribbon. Hi, Dad, sorry, I didn't get your message. Um, I'm now in the quarry. Right, okay, Ribbon, in the park in Shrewsbury. Uh, so what do you anticipate, Rubens, we should do in order that I can uh, pick you up? Well, why don't we meet here at one of the centre in ten minutes, Dad? Great, Rubens, great plan, we will do that. So, we um, I drive here, I'm waiting here, half an hour later, Ruben turns up. Right, so I'm ready. I am ready. <laughs> <laughs> Rubens, Ruben is as ready as he can meet. I'm so sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. That's not good. So, this is, the, this is the parenting advice for you all. This is what I did, okay? I said, Roots, we agreed that you could go out um, after school. Uh, we said yes. And you did. And on the back of that, you didn't answer my texts. You didn't answer my phone. You went to a place that um, we said you weren't to go. And then you are half an hour late for me picking you up. So, Roots, and this, is, this was what I thought. So, Rubes, the next time you ask me, Dad, can I go out after school, what, Rubes, do you think I should say to you? Uh, at the time that John was writing, were slaves, without any rights, without any freedoms, without any privileges, without any prospect of ever receiving any of those things. But the gospel came breaking into that worldview and that mindset and that culture, promising to every person, no matter who they were, no matter what their status was, no matter where they come from, nothing less than being part of God's family. Nothing less than being a child of God. Book of Ephesians, chapter one, it tells us that we were we've been adopted by God. As we put our faith in Him, we're adopted by Him. Vaughan and Rachel, they saw little James in a place of danger and vulnerability, and they rescued him. They brought him to a safe place, out of danger. That's what happened but more than that, they decided that they would then adopt him and he would become their son. In the same way, God saw us in our sin and our hopelessness, and by sending his son, he rescued us, he saved us, he brought us from a place of peril and danger, ultimate, eternal danger, he brought us into a safe place. But more than that, chose to adopt us in order that we can truly refer to ourselves as children of God. A child of God. John was writing during the Roman Empire. In Roman law, adopted children enjoyed the same rights and privileges as natural children. The importance of being a child of God. We've spent a significant amount of time this year speaking about this subject. We really believe it's vital that... We understand our identity as being in Christ and being co-heirs with Christ. That we understand our identity is not tied up in in what we do, but it's tied up um, based upon the fact that we have been adopted by our Heavenly Father. And with this overarching theme in our minds at the beginning of the summer, we invited Wendy Mann, as Dave referred to earlier, to come from Bedford to speak about this subject. And she spoke about the filters that we're inclined to put in place in order that we are unable to fully understand God's love as Father, and God uh, the Father, uh, and all that He has for us. And so there are uh, just examples of what Wendy said, I think, coming up on the screen. There they are. Because of previous experiences, sometimes we see God differently than we should, rather than seeing Him as uh, a Father who unconditionally loves us. We see Him. As loving us with conditions, because uh, instead of seeing him as uh, releasing, we see him as controlling. We struggle with communication rather than seeing him as an affectionate father. We see him as cold and aloof. Instead of trustworthy, we see him as unreliable. Uh, in our, sometimes, if our experience has been abuse rather than protection, this can create a filter as to how we might respond again to God as our Father. That might affect the way that we deal with the whole issue of forgiveness. Wendy laid down these challenges to us in regard to our response to God as our Father. And as Dave has already mentioned and made reference to what we're asking God to do in that, we're asking God to meet with us and to remove those filters and to bring freedom to us. And we're asking him to do that at our encounter meetings. And so my final encouragement for us to respond today is is to encourage us to come to Encounter. Come tonight to our Encounter meetings. Open our hearts to God in order that we can have a greater understanding of his Father's love for us. So I want to invite you to come and Encounter God the Father. To all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become... Children of God, let's stand together. Uh, Josh, let's—we're uh, going to sing the creed. Let's sing the creed as we conclude. Let's just stand together and uh, celebrate the reality of God's fatherhood as we sing these incredible truths, ancient truths, together as Josh leads us. Let me just pray for a second as Josh and the team prepare. Father, we thank you that we can call you that name with absolute confidence. We don't need to back away right. from the reality that you love us right. as children and you've adopted us into your family. I'm to pray for anyone who's not sure of their faith today, that by the end of this meeting and before they leave the doors of this place, God, that they would know for sure that your Father's love is upon them. We worship you now because of your love for us, that as we believe in you, as we receive Give us the right and the privilege to become your children.